to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Wells, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Ace and Abby. Evan Pang, who records under the name Ace and Abby, released the album Watson on Ishikori Records in 2022. It's drawn great acclaim and earned him Juno and Polaris Prize nominations. Asanabi plays Big Blue Stem on Friday, July 7th at 2.45 p.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. But you can stop it with your sense And your good sense Or did it rise Folk Festival, bringing his Polaris long-listed album Watson. Asa Navi, Evan Pang joins me on the program. Welcome, Evan. Hey, thank you for having me. First off, with the, the recent announcement of the, the Polaris Prize, and I know you've picked up several other awards for, for this record already so far, uh, how are you feeling about the response to this record? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's wild. Um, you know, I haven't really had a, a moment, you know, they <laughs> I think they asked me in March, like, oh, how does it feel to be nominated for this Juno? And then I was like, ask me, ask me in a couple months when I've had a second to reflect on it. And uh, that second still hasn't happened yet. You know, it's we we got a small team and we're, we're doing a lot. You know, we're playing a lot of shows all all over the place across the country and different parts of the world. And 
yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I, I guess I'm really taken back by the response by it for sure. You know, when I made the record, I didn't think this many people would hear it. I thought it would be the same 20 people who were coming out to my shows, you know, before anyone heard of me. So, you know, the fact that we, we are this busy, that we're all over the place, you know, that a lot of hard work went into it. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm really, I have so much gratitude that so many people are listening to the music and it's hitting people in different ways. You know, I think I've been, I've gotten all kind of messages from different people, you know, uh, you know, one guy messaged me, he's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so from Southern Ontario. You know, I just wanted to say, I'm like, you know, I'm a 30, 33 year old white guy. And, you know, I just wanted to say, I didn't, I didn't know about this, uh, this stuff. You know, I heard your album and I didn't know about these stories and this history. And he's like, I had to go do some research on my own. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of shocked and ashamed. And, but he's like, thank you for, for putting this out there and for kind of having me, you know, learn more. And, and, you know, I, I guess on, on, on that note too, like I, I've had uh, people reach out asking if they can add my album to their curriculums. So, and, and another friend just messaged me yesterday saying that it was being talked about in, 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 in school. So like, that's, that's wild to me. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, as as far as responses go to this album, like the awards and the the nods and the recognition from my peers in the in the music industry is incredible. It's an incredible feeling. But I think the biggest one for me was just the the feedback I got from residential school survivors. You know, because when I put this album out, I didn't think I wasn't thinking that it would have the reach it did. I, when I started realizing that it was going to start hitting more ears. You know, there was this moment where I thought, you know, my biggest fear was a residential school survivor hearing it and getting re-traumatized, re you know, because I, I wasn't, I was just thinking of my grandfather's story and I thought this would just be a nice kind of memento and family album to have. And But yeah, you know, so I started getting worried about that. Then we put the record out and, you know, a few months later, I got, yeah, people from one residential school survivor reached out and said, thank you for putting this album out you know it's 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 so great to see our stories told by our people and our words and you know another person said they found it healing and so you know it ended up doing the opposite of what i was worried about so yeah and i mean in a sense like the birth of this record wasn't even meant to be a record initially right the way i read it it was pandemic project with your grandfather recording conversations essentially yeah yeah because so i'd moved him into long-term care in 2020 and then the out, you know the outbreaks here started happening and it was devastating long-term care homes and so i called him and then yeah like his his memories were just starting to fade and his his health was deteriorating and you know me for me and a lot of different indigenous people in my shoes you know i didn't grow up in on the res like i i moved off res with my grandfather when i was four years old so you know there's a lot of people were struggling to kind of reconnect with their roots and so when my grandfather started losing these memories like it was just like it was just me seeing you know my roots disappear you know my it's like at the time my last direct connection to to all my extended family and our culture and our heritage and how we got from a to b so that's where these recordings started was more or less just to kind of save my 
knowledge for myself and my family history. And it wasn't like the idea of making a record wasn't, wasn't even there. Did you like write down a set of questions that you wanted your grandfather to answer or did it, would it just like pose a question and see where it took him? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we talked for like a year, you know, like it was just like an hour before I went to work every day. I just hop on a call with him, turn on the mic and we just kind of talk. And yeah, there was no, there was no, uh, no list of questions. We just kind of we start talking. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, and just see, yeah, see where it took us and just get to know as much as I, as I could. So in, in doing that process, you know, those, those daily calls, did you start to kind of see the album or was it kind of after those calls that you started to kind of like piece together? Oh, here I could take these clips of my grandfather and, and start building songs around them. Yeah. It was after, after we'd kind of stopped, I guess stopped recording the conversations, you know, cause we'd done it for a year and then it was just Christmas time and still locked down and still not allowed to see family. And so I was just listening back to the conversations and was playing guitar at the same time while I was listening to them. And like, I was, I was still living in Toronto at the time, so I was just yeah, like in my little apartment and playing guitar. And there was just certain parts of these conversations that kind of moved me, and I ended up yeah, just writing one song and then writing two songs, and then thought like, oh, like this is this is how I could yeah, immortalize the, the family story a little bit. And I thought it would just be like a kind of a project I worked on for like the next however long it would have taken me to do it on my own. <laughs> right. Like it's something just for your, for yourself. At, at what point did you realize it was less for yourself and, and more for others or, or that it's both? I, I think, I think when the conversation started happening with Ishkade, like with Amanda Rayom and Shoshona Kish, and they were starting this record label and they, they asked me what, what projects I was working on. Um, and I told them about this project and that, you know, I'd been working on it, just starting it and not sure how long it was going to take. And, you know, the story I was telling was the stories that they were hoping to amplify with this new label and this new, you know, the new way they wanted to start, you know, making music and telling stories. And um, so everything kind of just fell hand in hand. And, and that's, that's when I started realizing like, <laughs> Oh wow! Like this is this is gonna be bigger than I thought. And is that when the the hesitancy around residential school survivors and and putting this out into the world and 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 maybe re-traumatizing was that when you started to consider that when it was like oh this might be an album, and what what what, what impact will that yeah, have? Exactly, and and so like and at that point, like the songs I've been writing, like just kind of happened to fall on. Because like yeah, there was there was a lot of really you know dark stories in there I didn't include, and I did still kind of focus on these moments of strength that my grandfather had and kind of these this place you know and and so like like just coincidentally that's still kind of I was happier that I chose those stories before before that thought had crossed my mind. But even though it like when I was thinking of of that, I was like. I, you know there were there was still 
clips from him in in his uh interludes that I was still kind of concerned with and um yeah I don't know it was it was it was tough and like some of it was left out a little bit but you know I think in context to some of the songs some of it just really needed to be there so when you say uh like held out like like withheld just for for to protect people or yeah yeah I, I think you can get the gist of what he's talking about in some of these clips without having to go to kind of too deep into some of the details and then when it came to you know writing your songs around your grandfather's words right like because you it's it's a real kind of like blend like an interwoven thing where it's like his voice and then your voice and it, it kind of weaves back and forth how, how conscious of you were to like where you weaved in and out and how you brought yourself into it and and sort of being the storyteller versus your grandfather like relating these stories yeah i think it was written in a lot of call and response so i just kind of like be listening to these interviews and and um you know try to think of it as like a, a progression like where where will this start and where will this you know finish as far as this the story in this album um and yeah it was really kind of a really daunting task to kind of go through so much tape and and or you know recordings and and decide like which ones to go there and but yeah as far as the songs being written it, it was just finding a clip and then listening to it and reflecting on it and then writing written kind of call and response style so um, it, it's meant to be kind of similar, like you're, you're part of the conversation then is this, is the song. Yeah. Right. With like, like the thought that like in the same way that you had been part of that conversation on, on phone, now it's on, it's just on record and, and how you're conveying that, that half of it is, is through song. Yeah. Yeah. Just like implementing a, an emotion and a feeling and, and, and kind of, retelling his story um and and into a way that kind of fits in a song you know um there's one there's one thing if you know talking to elders and stuff like it could be quite a long conversation you know i think one conversation could have, like, <laughs> lengthwise could have filled up a couple albums so trying to be more concise with it and, and capture something um yeah it was it's a lot of a lot of work for sure. When it comes to playing it live, then do you include like clips of your grandfather so that you sh you kind of hint at that conversation? Like, because obviously, like you're you're performing the songs, but that that's yeah. not the entirety of the record. Yeah, for for some of the uh, like we've played a few larger festivals where we like I have included actually the interludes to kind of help really kind of bring you back to the space where the record was created. So choosing to call yourself Asin Abbey rather than recording under your own name, like at what point did you decide on that? And as I understand, it's, it's like kind of the same as like Anishinaabe win, like, like the, like it's a, a different yeah. dialect of the same kind of idea of like the person. Um, yeah. Well, no, actually it is my name. Um, my mother changed my name from Asin Abbey to Pang when I was oh. born because she thought it'd be easier in life if people just looked at a resume and saw Pang instead of Asin Abbey. Yeah, and just, just there's you know there's there's I mean there's still a lot of 
racism and ignorance out there, but you know, less so than in my mother's and my grandfather's time. Um, so yeah, Asadabi is the westernized version of Anishinaabe. So half my family, their last name is Anishinaabe. The other half are Asanabis. Asanabi is the westernized version of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, my legal name still shows up as Pang. And, you know, as far as switching it back, I don't know, there's the whole idea of do I really need a Canadian document to tell me my name's Asanabi? You know, there's there's that aspect of it as well. Right. And this is like kind of a, a reclamation of it. In- yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this was a very specific project that came out of kind of the, the conversations with your grandfather. Do you feel compelled to kind of like go further down this, like in terms of like new material and stuff like that? Or do you want to do something like entirely divorced from that or like separate from from a project like this when it comes to new stuff? I might revisit it down the road, you know, um, maybe in a different avenue. You know, I think the space I was in at the time and, and, you know, all the things that have happened since, you know, when I was making this record and why I made it and, and, you know, the record came out and I think one of the biggest things that happened from it was, you know, my grandfather decided he was able to kind of forgive and move on with his life. And, you know, you know, he ended up passing away like three months later. And, you know, I mean, like, I don't think, I don't think a lot of, people in his shoes a lot of residential school survivors will ever have that feeling you know um so yeah you know it's this project kind of started out as just (laughs) conversations and kind of ended with something that shifting in my grandfather's life and my own life you know i I think yeah it's, it's it was a time in my life and and then and uh a telling of the story but i think as far as new music um you know i'm putting out uh an ep in the fall um and it's going to be kind of yeah you know my story and 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 kind of just personal things in my life so it's not quite as it's it's not my grandfather's story it's not touching on the the serious topics that 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 album touched on, you know, residential school and and but yeah, I think I think re aspect revisiting aspects of that will definitely be something I I do. It's very much a part of who I am. But you know, I, even in the process of of making that record, it was still it was a heavy album to make, and it was kind of taxing on the emotions and the <laughs> to to make that that record to continue doing that. Is it a heavy album to perform then? Like, do you, do you find at a certain point you, you revisit some of those emotions when you're on stage? And um, definitely at points, it comes comes in waves for sure. Because I think you know, a part of a part of what I try to do when I perform is really kind of like sit there in the moment and kind of think about where I was when I when I made that song and what that song's about, and trying to just reinsert myself to where I was when a song was made and, and kind of just be able to bring that same feeling to the performance and to kind of give that to people as well. Um, so yeah, some, sometimes definitely for sure. You know, I was, uh, I guess in recent, recent time, it's been a little, a little hit and miss, you know, with the passing of my grandfather and playing some of these songs and kind of hearing that voice, it's still kind of, yeah, it takes a while to kind of finish grieving family. So 
Understandably. Uh, before I let you go, Evan, I want to get you to pick a track off of Watson that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking that one in particular or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, let's 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 do Long Gone. You know, I I, I love that uh, song. It's it's the feeling of it. I don't know. I I I love listening to music and driving. And for me, that that's such like a really nice driving song. And it's just it's got this groove to it. But it's also you know one of the things I didn't know even going into the like I learned so much about my grandfather uh doing these conversations and you know you think you know somebody right and then suddenly you're like oh wow this whole life that you've lived and like I didn't know my grandfather met my grandmother in residential school and that's where they fell in love and you know they ran away together and and that's why we didn't really know our extended family as much um so yeah you know this the song is about them finding each other and finding love in kind of a dark place so and uh yeah it was never i don't think it it wasn't a single or anything but it was still one of my favorite songs off the album all right well we'll give that one a listen uh and looking forward to seeing it winnipeg folk festival evan thanks very much for taking some time and uh, safe travels yeah thank you for having me Girls from our beds, I didn't know it was happening. I was eight years old. Couldn't even say goodbye. I was told that there was not much time as we stepped to the cold. So we were long gone. So we were long gone. To we were They marched us down the road Further from my home They stepped onto the plane Sit down and show your faces How living years go
gone Just a little while longer, my dear Know that I will always be here Until we're both long gone I'm Michael Ells, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Ace and Nobby, who are performing on Friday, July 7th at 2.45 p.m. at Big Blue's Demo at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park. Two both long gone to you.